Join author and former Vibe Editor-in-Chief Danielle Smith and Black Girl Songbook as she celebrates and uplifts the talent of Black women in the music industry. Tune in for in-depth discussions with your favorite songwriters, producers, and artists, as well as anecdotes from Danielle. Plus, you'll hear the songs of Black women who changed the landscape of American music forever. Check out Black Girl Songbook exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Bit of a grab bag today, but we will be talking about the latest exploits of Kanye West and Julia Fox, which is like sort of like everywhere but nowhere. I feel like it's sort of mm-hmm. like it's like this miasma in in the celebrity space. Um, also going to catch up on some, some personal TV and reading dealings. Just catch each other up and you, the listener. Also, just like some I- idle uh, observations from the celebrity space here on a frigid day in New York. Amanda, mm-hmm. it's currently uh, 18 degrees. Do you miss New York? No, I don't. I watched people on Instagram like trying to film their breath and I was like, couldn't be me. I haven't gone outside in a- approaching 48 hours. So okay. I'm, a true, I'm a true shut in having nothing to do with COVID. It's just cold. And I'm just like, I don't feel like putting on layers. So I, and I, I don't that. really have anywhere to go. I respect it. Thank you. I will be going out for dinner tonight with my brother. So at least there's that. Oh, that's exciting. Can you Thanks. share where you're going? No, I do you want to share where you're going on a sure. I don't know. Okay. Well, this is actually this is a great, a great plug. Um, I have a new podcast starting on Friday. It's called Food News. Oh, yeah. With, with Jacobi. David Jacoby. It's United Food Podcast. Check it out. Um, Jacoby and I did this podcast as a joke. I don't know. We started like it's like eating stuff on our reality pod and then it turned into a full-fledged food news podcast. So food <laughs> news is back. It's coming on Friday. We will be share, we will be reading off food news and commenting on it. We'll be tasting things. Well, and then I think we'll be sharing some personal food news. So as just a little morsel, my personal food news is I'm going to Villa Pizzeria. There's two in the city of New York, which I won't be saying which one I'm going to, but I okay. love it. And um, I'm like fairly certain there'll be like almost no one else there because it'll be really cold and COVID-y. I'm not afraid of COVID personally, but others okay. are. Um, okay. so, by the way, vaxxed and boosted. So just that's why I'm not afraid. Okay. I'm equipped with with the defense of science. Um, 
<laughs> and <laughs> I look forward to it. That's, this is a really long preamble. <laughs> I was actually going to ask whether you had decided on Food News, the, the new iteration. What is this V1? I think it's version two. It's version two? Okay. So version one was 15 minutes. This is probably going to be 30. More time for more news, more tasting, and whoever knows what else. Well, I wanted to ask about the tasting because you referenced uh, last week that the tasting was somewhat controversial from a food Mm -hmm. sounds perspective. And I Mm -hmm. just wanted to take like listeners behind the scenes on that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the feedback at the time. there (laughs) There was a lot of like, stop fucking doing that. We shan't be stopping. We will be okay. continuing. So, you know, TBD, but you know, let us know what you think. We're um we're here. We're here for comments. We're here for stories. We're here for your feedback. And I can't promise we'll listen to it, but I will read your DM. <laughs> and if it's rude, I'll probably delete it. <laughs> now I'm just imagining you like crunching Cheetos into the to the mic nonstop. Yeah, that's that's what happens. I yeah. also just want to know it's like defi- definitively not a cooking podcast, but Okay. I do know that there's a wide world of like food and cooking on TikTok. So I guess I'll be getting into that. I just, it, I'm so sorry that you have to learn about cooking. That is my interest, of course. And you're no, like, it's, no, it's no. not that I'm not interested in cooking. I've, I've, I made a soup last week that I had for several days in a row. Okay. Um, Can I hear about that? Sure. My own it's personal New- food news? It was from the New York Times. It was, you probably saw it. It was that potato cauliflower and. Um, there was something else. Onion soup, potatoes, cauliflower, onions, broth, and then slow cooker eight hours, and then you crumble some. Um, oh, slow cooker life. Yeah. Then you I didn't know that was happening for you. If you told me you that, know, I'm sorry, I forgot. All of my favorite recipes from the New York Times. This is more personal food news. Are by Ali Slagle, and she's wonderful. To, she's just so. I just feel like her style really fits for my life. I really appreciate it. Like basically, the only recipes I want to make are the ones that she provides. So thank you, Ali Slagle. Check her out. Follow her on Instagram. So Ali Slagle's number one recipe in my house, the cheesy white bean bake. Cheesy Love beans. That. Love that. It's essentially if you have no inspiration and you have a couple of can of be- cans of beans in your pantry and also some tomato paste, it turns into like a pizza replacement that feels healthier than pizza, but also really satisfying 15 minutes. Thank you, Ali Slagle. That that came into my life a couple of years ago. Still a standby. It's really good. Yeah. Um, my favorite Ali Slagle recipe is similar. It's the one pot rice and beans that is so easy and so delicious. It's like a meal unto itself. It can be a side. It can last forever. I just feel like Ali Slagle is perfect pandemic cooking because it's like it's like comfort food, but like kicked up a notch, not too hard, not too like many expensive ingredients. I just feel like she gets it. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I don't know. This was I'm excited that we got to do a cooking segment. (laughs) You know, I did. I wouldn't ask to do that, but that's great. Julia. Yeah, that is great. Any other any other personal food news in your world, Amanda? Oh, let's see. Um, No, not really. I had great salmon burgers last night. Mm, I just yummy. And and they're very easy, actually. And it still feels like a treat. But, you know, it's salmon, so it's good for you. Mm-hmm. And it really came together in 10 minutes. And that I just great. have to say, I do wind up inadvertently cooking meals that take like 30 to 40 minutes on a weeknight. Mm-hmm. And and I take great joy in that. My husband and I like both like to cook. So, you know, in like a more bustling time, like say when like we actually left the house, um, you'd come home and like, you know, we would cook and maybe like have a glass of wine. And it, that was like a very nice kind of little family ritual that we had. 
But I, it's been two years of COVID. I'm tired of feeding myself. I'm tired of cooking. Sometimes I'm sitting there just like sauteing something for the like fourth time that day. Yeah. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I, I just can't do this anymore. So the salmon burgers coming together in 10 minutes felt like a real revelation. Um, our colleague Craig Horlbeck just told me there's like some salmon bowl video on TikTok that's really popular. I need to check that out. Are you aware of that? I'm not really into TikTok cooking, mostly because TikTok just is a sensory overload experience for me. So I but I feel like I do get some of the tips because people steal from TikTok and put them on Instagram for the old people like me. And then I'm like, oh, I should fold my tortilla up that way to make like a little stackable quesadilla. That was a really good one. Over the holidays, I wanted to try the like mini muffin tin hors d'oeuvres, you know, hors d'oeuvres, share jam shit, session interest. So I think the concept was you had a mini muffin tin and the mini muffin tin is really what blocked me because I don't own a mini muffin tin. Not part of my, I'm not a baker, (laughs) not part of my day-to-day dietary routine. So I had to source one and then it was like supply chain and holidays. And I was like, I can't really make the like overworked delivery people bring me a mini muffin tin right now. You know, that's kind of my limit. So, but you take the mini muffin tin and you get puff pastry and you divide the puff pastry into like a lot of small squares, put one in the mini tin, like the mini muffin thing. Then you put a little brie, you put a little like whatever jam you want. And so you're making individual baked brie's. Mm, as opposed to the really good I was like this is genius I would love to make it and then eat the whole mini muffin tin it looked really special but I haven't tried it yet so this all this to say that there seems to be a lot of great info on TikTok that is just not making it to me the elder millennial well and the elder millennial community Here's the thing, Amanda. Mm-hmm. You can listen to Food News and you'll That's be so true. what's happening. So Food News Fridays, me and David Jacoby, my BFF AEAE which means best friend forever and ever. And okay. Ever. Thank you. Um, I actually was going to ask the AE. I was like, um, always and ever? It means and ever and ever. Okay, got it. Um, and it's on Ringer Food. House of Carbs also coming back. So let's check that out. That's and very exciting. It's just for people who want to talk about food. It's not like we're not experts at anything. All I'm an expert at is reading. And that's okay. reading news about food. Okay. Anyway, next. Should we talk about books or should we talk about Julia Fox and Kanye West? I mean, I think any responsible like content person would be like, you like, need to do yeah, Julia Fox and Kanye West. And we can treat, you know, the food news and the and the food as like a, a nice intro. Sure. Like a, a pal, you know, a, it was totally organic, people. That was not was. planned. And seriously, Ali Slagle, we really like you. So yeah. thanks. <laughs> I think it's good to like, you know, bring people into the world. Sure, you know, we're yeah. all easing back in. It's still early in 2022. How are you feeling about 2022 so far, Juliet? Uh, mixed. Okay. Uh, yeah, same. High high point food news, low point cold and covid Yeah. Um, doesn't seem like it's great out in the wider world in general for a number of reasons, but I don't know. I feel like I'm getting, I'm fine. Last week I was at a real content low. I feel like when we spoke, I was just in a really low content moment. I feel okay. like I've, in the last week I've recovered That's a true. Bit. You were having, you didn't know what to watch. Yeah. You weren't connecting to the shows out there mm-hmm. and the movies. So, so I'm glad we'll that you found that. that space. How are you feeling about it? Um, I'm feeling okay. You know what? We didn't talk about this, but I f- like maybe I should share what's going to happen in my 2022. Sure. Which is um, in if you haven't heard, I or guess I'm having a baby, uh, <laughs> which is really cool. And I'm very excited. 
And but it's like happening pretty soon. So we'll we will have plans for jam session and you know we'll we'll share all of that with you. But I essentially had put this off until 2022 in my head. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's something in 2022 that's happening. So I don't have to deal with it aside from like the physical reality of having a baby. And so like the Sunday night, I guess it was January 2nd, was that the day mm-hmm. that we like all went back to work? I had like the Sunday scaries, you know, that like, oh, we're going back to work, all these sorts of things, but for like having a baby, uh, which was a really wild ride. And so my 2022 has just been kind of acclimating to the fact that this thing that many science professionals told me was definitely happening and cl- and also my body told me was happening is definitely happening. And I'm I'm going to tell you, it's a journey of acceptance still. I'm I'm thrilled, but also this is weird. So that that's pretty much where I am. And that's I don't go big. outside. I mean, literally as well as emotionally. I I um just want to note, you said if you haven't heard or guessed, could people have heard about this? Like if they don't know you personally or like two degrees separated so, from you? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> on big picture, it's like accidentally been edged up to the topic a few times. Like I in things like me crying a lot at sports movies mm. and people pointing out that perhaps I was at a in a unique position to be doing that, which is true. Um, though I've like always cried at sports movies and also commercials. Yeah, That's the one thing that they tell you, like in the you know the last weeks of pregnancy, you may find yourself getting like really emotional at commercials. And I was like, I've been locked in on commercials for a very long time. This is not an accurate measure for me of my emotional uh, fluctuations. But so, and then I did last week, basically, I I talked about it on Big Picture in the guise of trying to see Top Gun 2, which is like my, that's my second concern of 2022 is, am I not going to be able to see this movie because it's going to be released, but I won't be going to see, you know, whatever. When is it coming? June? It's in May for now, but they've really been moving it a lot. It it's was like two to come years out. late. Now. It's, it was supposed to come out in 2020. It's been yeah. on my most anticipated list for three years running. And I'm just very nervous that somehow I'm going to miss it once again. I think Glenn Powell is a total loser of the pandemic. Like, I feel like his star was ascendant and he was just like on track. And I'm just really worried that this two year delay of of this film has de- derailed his star tour. I thought that you were going to say that I think Glenn Powell is a total loser and just end no. it there. And no, I no, no, was no. going to be so upset. No, 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 um, no, no. Obviously, no, I agree we with all you. love Glenn Powell. <laughs> but I think he has such charisma that he can keep it going. You know, it's just... I just, hope so. I don't know. I just don't know, Amanda. I, I, I need know. them I'm to worried. release Top Gun too. I just need them to release it. It's been so many years and they're hiding it from us. Just <laughs> let let us see it. You know, let Glenn Powell shine. Let me shine. It's not that hard. Do you think that Miles Teller did partially did the Taylor Swift video because he thought that it would like align with his top with his uh, press tour for Top Gun? Because um, Miles Teller, excuse me, Glenn Powell was on The Bachelorette, assuming that he was doing press for Top Gun around that time. And it was around it was similar timing as the Taylor Swift Red re-release. And like, I think that probably came together quickly. But um, I wonder if that was part of the calculus. And then that didn't work out. I think probably broadly in the sense that you always want to be staying in the public eye or in the public's mind if you're that type of star, which is someone who's like known but not Tom Cruise and your big break is going to be being in Top Gun 2, a movie that hopefully millions of people will see. So I don't know if it was like 
strategic. I mean, I guess you're right that I think at one point Top Gun 2 was supposed to come out in November of last year. It's been supposed to come out like every week. Yeah. Every quarter. It's been like Top Gun's finally coming out. Yeah. I um, get the impression that the red, vi- red, red video was like that planned that far in advance. No, but, I don't think so either. Yeah. But I did wonder if that was like part of the appeal. Like, oh, he's back. Miles Teller. Um, I feel like if you're Tom Cruise, you want this to be delayed as much as possible to get mm-hmm. as much space from the COVID rant video as possible. Right. Um, but who knows? One other thing that you said before we actually talk about today's yeah. topics, you mentioned January 2nd and the Sunday scaries. Sure. I think that January 2nd, the first Sunday, I think after New Year's. Yeah is like the lowest day of the year. It's just like, I personally indulged in some of my worst behavior, you know, just like, who can I, who can I contact to torture myself to feel bad? Like, oh no, like, like what can I do to like feel miserable? Like, sh- what should I like, what song should I listen to on repeat? Like, I feel like that's the lowest, lowest day of the year. So mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, your, your baby Sunday scaries happen then <laughs> tracks for me. And I just want you to know that I think you probably weren't Thank alone you. in having a no, lot of No, I really appreciate that. It was just, I mean, it was confronting what's to come, you know? And like, I answered that question in terms of how's 2022 been for you so far? And it's like confronting the reality of the year. It's a lot for any person yeah. to have on their plate on one day, you know? Yeah, it's. It's a shitty day, January yeah. 2nd. It's really a shitty day, regardless of the day of the week, but Sunday in particular, really bad. Yes, exactly. Well, on that uplifting note, let's talk about two not uplifting figures, in my opinion. Kanye West, he of great fame for the last, I don't know, 22 years, 23 years? Um, no, about 20. And Julia Fox, um, cult internet star and like, I think probably really popular on like Instagram with men. Um, and she was in uncut gems and now she's like all over the place. Can you explain why okay. Julia Fox is suddenly all right. like all over the I'd place? Love to, I'd love to provide an alternate perspective on this because this actually did happen January 1st, 2nd, 3rd of 2022. And so when we were all in the doldrums and, you know, facing another year, which should be an exciting thing. And it is an exciting thing. But, you know, as as you mentioned, mixed emotions. Julia Fox and Kanye West burst onto the scene. So Julia Fox, as you noted, probably came to moderate national attention. Probably niche, but still moderate national attention. She was in an Oscars movie. In Uncut Gems. And she plays Adam Sandler's kind of like kindly, extremely hot mistress. And mm-hmm. before that, like, I don't, I don't know Julia Fox. I'm not in like the cool downtown scene, but as I understand it, she was, who she was, is Amanda? Who isn't the cool downtown scene other than Julia Fox? Kat Marnell is like adjacent and reporting on it. She had a book release that I saw Jacoby went to. I'm going to have to ask him about that. Okay. And then I, you know, I don't know, some publicists and stuff. And also I think, Jeremy O'Harris is in that scene because which at some point Kanye and Julia Fox did go see slave play and then hang out with Jam- Jeremy O'Harris. Anyway, one of these people who's you mean, like, you mean Emily in Paris's Jem- Jeremy yeah, O'Harris? I do. We, we didn't mention that. I hope he had a nice time. I'm rooting for him. So he if, seems to be friends with everyone. The Heim, the Heim girls yeah. kind of claim him like he's just everywhere. Exactly. So he's like one of those connectors. And I think Julia Fox was sort of a behind the scenes type person in that way. Spent a lot of time at Lucien, the down like the East Village French bistro that is just known for having people like this 
and the Safties put her in Uncut Gems. As- they're super downtown people, by the way, even though they're not from downtown. Right. It's like a sort of it's a state a of mind. New Yorkish character, someone who is familiar to them. And they also knew that she had a personality that would work for them. So she was a bit of a sensation. She was also in then Steven Soderbergh's movie, No Sudden Move, that was released on HBO Max last summer. If you haven't seen that movie, by the way, great movie, just available for you to watch on HBO Max. In some Mm -hmm. ways, we're living in a magical time where Steven Soderbergh is just handing out movies. But has become, as you said, sort of a more known Instagram presence. I guess that elevated the presence that she already had. She's like in a few more fashion campaigns, you know, she's like doing slight influencer stuff. She's at I believe Uncut Gems parties. is her first movie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so she's just like a person in New York and on the internet, you know, and those mm-hmm. things are feeding off of each other. And then she showed up on a date with Kanye, I believe on New Year's Day in Miami. Mm-hmm. And then there was a second date the next day in New York where they went to see Slave Play. Straight from the airport, they went to Slave Play. Right. And then they went to Carbone. And I believe they had also gone to Carbone in Miami. And then they went to Carbone in New York. And then there was a fashion shoot held at Carbone, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, which Julia Fox then blogged about for Interview Magazine on... Let me let me check the the date here. That was January sixth. A lot of people are noting that she looks a lot like Kim Kardashian in these photos. Yes, of course. But I actually think she's got the Kim Kardashian style. But I actually think she looks like a com- like a total face mash of um, Kendall Jenner and Emily Ratajkowski. Just my my two cents. Okay, I mean I can see that, but it is a little bit all Instagram face and aesthetic um, mm-hmm. blending together at some point. But I do think the styling. Um, which Kanye quickly became a part of. And part of their second date was also that he prepared an entire suite of clothing for her for the second date. Um, That Kanye is shaping the image, shaping it in the same way that he shaped Kim Kardashian. And it's all very uh, strange and very public. And I can understand your distaste for it, Juliet, as someone who does not care for the Kardashians and I'm pretty much with you on that point and is exasperated by the ongoing just kind of media mess that all these people are in. But there's something sort of not quite, maybe pure about Julia Fox just being like, sure, I am going to date this person and know exactly what it means and turn it into a media opportunity and blog for Interview Magazine four days after it happens. There's no facade here. There's no, no. like, this, these are this people is... who are doing this literally for the photo shoot that they staged at the restaurant and then releasing to the internet. It's just the machinery is on display. It's kind of like pure exhibitionism and it's like most un- unbridled form. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I give everyone kudos for being themselves, I guess. I just like, I don't find Kanye West appealing at all. Like, at all. I think his shenanigans, and I, like, worry about him more than anything, though I don't even feel that worried about him because he just seems to be doing what he wants, and, like, that's fine. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I just think it's an interesting commentary on his, like, celebrity these days um, mm-hmm. and sort of where he's where he is in the world, which is to say, like, still quite famous, 
quite a noisemaker. And like I got an email saying that the Yeezy Gap sweatshirt was available today or yesterday at some point. And I'm just like, oh, I forgot he was also doing that. Like, it's just sort of like, it just, this is like a really well orchestrated Kanye moment. Um, orchestrated, I think, by Kanye. Yes. And and that is the queasy making part of it. Also, that it's Kanye is still orchestrating things in terms of dressing women up like dolls in, in leather and Balenciaga. And... <sighs> his like very specific aesthetic and that all of these people are willing to go along with it. But I appreciate Julia Fox's independence in all of this. Sure. That she's just going along with it. I I'm, I'm sure it will be quite messy, but active participant. I mean, she's owning her side of it by blogging about it, which I think is cool. Right. I guess I will say it's interesting to me that at least two high profile women and probably more that I'm not aware of, have embraced concept uh, Kanye's concept of like sexiness and femininity in fashion. Um, that like they're like, yes, I will be your muse for this. And the two are Julia Fox and Kim Kardashian. I right. just find that like, well, I think like even Kim would say that that was a major step in her public perception, and more specifically, how fashion brands and merchandising brands and all of the companies that she later built her, I guess, like the second or third round of her, her empire on, embraced her. Right. Um, and she, like, Skims like, is not a joke. Skims is very legit. People are like, it's great. Great product. I own, I own a Skims product. Yeah. Right. And I was thinking about getting some more, but interesting time to be buying lingerie. Um, but that credit, like, she, she will tell you she wouldn't have been able to do it in the same way if she had not been with Kanye and embraced like Kanye's style and been lent some of his fashion world credibility and aesthetic. Yeah. And part of that is her relationship helped him, helped her get on the cover of Vogue, which was long coveted. Right. And that was a real turning point. And right. I think, I think that is known that he helped facilitate that. I would also say, if you look at her like 2008, 2010 styling, it was poor. Wasn't a, it wasn't a great time for any of us, uh, <laughs> but that was like a particularly tough time for her. And so to now actually be regarded as like a fashion muse and icon allows her to to start whatever businesses she wants in a way that I, I don't really think she would have been in the same environment in 2010. I think I need a fashion icon. I need something to aspire to. Hearing you say that, I'm like, who's mine? I'm like, I just don't have one. And perhaps I dress poorly as a result. Perhaps I need a fashion icon. I feel like you have a fashion sensibility, though, that you're driving towards at all times. Yeah, I guess. I don't even know. Who knows these days? COVID, weird times. I've been inside for almost 48 hours. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just find like I just find Kanye boring at this point. Like, I don't find him interesting. So I I guess I'm happy for Kanye that he found someone who finds him interesting, at least for now. I think what I like about it is that I'm. I'm not really paying attention to the Kanye of it all. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, here's Julia Fox on the stage. And I-, I agree with you. These players, I'd gotten a little fatigued. I was not following along the Kim and Kanye stuff, except to, you know, hope that everyone is healthy and, and their kids are healthy. Their kids seem pretty funny, actually. I don't know if you followed any of the Elf on the Shelf stuff that Kim was posting over December. But no. um, her kids basically turned the Elf on the Shelf against her. And like made it into like a weird haunted house thing. And I have to say, I applaud the creativity. So, but beyond that was not really following them. It was, it it was kind of messy. I agree. It like made you not feel great. I just also, they'd run out of plot. And then 
the Kim Pete Davidson thing, which is like still kind of going on in tandem, which I find fascinating. There is this competing media thing from a lot of people who are very experienced at media media manipulation that I think is interesting. They went to the Bahamas like three days after this photo shoot. They've been photographed various places, but I wasn't really interested in it beyond you know, sure. I guess two people who like to be photographed, have a good time, make some content. It's, it's it's consenting adults. It's great. Do whatever you want. This, this whole conversation makes me realize that I'm not in touch enough with the downtown scene. I need to look into that. I guess I need to follow Kat Marnell. I just think following Kat Marnell is a a great idea. On Instagram or Twitter or both? I follow her on Twitter. Okay. That's, I'll get get on board. Sounds great. But but all of the characters I wasn't that interested in. And Julia Fox feels like a breath of fresh air in this space. In a, See, in a very... I found the breathlessness over, over Uncut Gems, like, unbearable. Like, I was just like, this movie's not that good. And, like, <laughs> yes, Kevin Garnett is funny. And, yes, Adam Sandler is, is good. But it was, like, an hour too long for me. That's, and like, it's not... it's. It's not recency bias. It's like adjacency bias. Yes, exactly. That's, it's like, and because she's part of it, I just kind of like, no, can't, no, 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 no. I I'm just going to say also just you are surrounded by people in your life for whom Utcut Gems is like the yeah, be all like the end all experience. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I agree. Sometimes I'm just kind of like, this is irritating. Would you guys like to talk about something else? Yeah. You know, this is our, this <laughs> is our day-to-day work life, you know? So I hear you. I feel that. I thought it was very stressful, but pretty good. And, but I do understand that kind of Julia Fox being a part of this thing that just so many people that are in our lives wouldn't shut up about. I get it. Also, like my recollection of that film is the sound. Yeah. And that was Adam Sandler making that sound for one hour and 40 minutes. I did not enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my take. (laughs) <laughs> there were some other sounds that were equally stressful. I mean, sure. it's just someone having a meltdown over an hour yeah. and 40 minutes or two hours. I think it's pretty good. Um, but I get it. I'm not holding it against Julia Fox. You're right. I, I'm being unfair, but I just, you know, my biases are my biases. I have to be honest. I think also maybe we can treat this as a breakthrough for me because you know that I don't normally respond to this level of like forthright calculated Mm-hmm. here's what I'm doing. I'm just going on the press tour. But there's something like almost performance art about this. Oh, it's 100% performance art. Everything about it is calculated. And- yeah. At least, you know, I hope it is. Um, It, it, it makes is. it a lot easier to to watch in that way. But it's it's like almost close to the reality TV of it all. But I'm like, oh, this is pretty interesting. I don't know. I, it's, it's also, you know, the beginning of the year, as we said, Sunday scaries, things are going on. It's usually a low point in content. Everyone is just kind of like, touchy and stressed and trying to figure out who they are again. And someone just handed us a little ready-made wrapped box of content. Like, <laughs> great. Thank you, Julia Fox. Great, great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, you're right. I should be more grateful. I mean, you don't have to be grateful. You can also just like take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. don't have to invest too much in it. It's just kind of funny. They went to Craig's last night. You know. Oh my God, they did? Yeah, they did. Like, they're just, they're Here's doing the thing about the thing. Craig's and Carbone. Yeah. I, I, I'm loath to say, but it's very true. They both have great food. Like okay. the food at both restaurants are really good. I, the chicken parm at Craig's is like honestly excellent and Carbone. I've only been to in Vegas, but it was great. And I like really love it. So can't, can't deny the food is great. 
I've still never done Carbone. Didn't they have restaurants before Carbone? Yes, they have Parm. Right. And, and then what was the other one? That they had the very first one that they had, Teresi? Yes, Teresi. I went to Br- Teresi in New York a couple times before I moved and really enjoyed that. But I miss the is great. Wave. It's like always really reliable. It's delicious. They have a salad that I absolutely love. Um, it's one of my two favorite salads in New York. It's just like, it's just wow, great. What's your other favorite salad? The house salad from Marinara Pizza on 83rd in Amsterdam. It's okay. really fucking good. It's really good. I'm not joking. I just, <laughs> I love, news. I love that food news is back in your life because I can just ask you all these really specific yeah, questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like mentally, doing like mental inventory of like yeah, my yeah, food yeah. thoughts, you know? Okay. Um, I promise it won't be too New York centric people. Don't worry. Um, anyway. Yeah. Julia Fox, whatever. Right. Good luck. Godspeed. Hope she's got another movie coming up soon. Okay, so you're you're not on board. I'll just keep monitoring the situation and I'll let you know. I think it's like a good just simmer on the stove type celebrity yeah, story for me sure. in January. That's sure. what I'm looking that, for. That's great. There's not a lot of other celebrity news happening in, right, right now, to be honest. Like right. a lot of Bachelor related stuff, which you can hear about in other places. Like, I, I don't know. There's, it's sort of a... Saw Hillary Duff was on time. The Bachelor? What? I saw Hillary, Hillary Duff. Duff was- yeah, she was. I didn't know this, but she was promoting How I Met Your Father. Well, I was going to say this kind of the saddest thing that's happened to me so far this year is that sitting on the couch and a commercial for How I Met Your Father came on featuring Hillary Duff. And Zach, my husband, was like, hey, is that your show? It's back. And I, and he thought it was like a commercial younger. for younger. And I was like, that's both very sweet that you sort of internalized what this show that I like looks like and has. But also, no, it's not back. And it was really bad. And that's not a show I'm going to be watching either. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reels always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Me neither. Definitely not. Um, last week I was in a content rut. 
And since then, I've started watching A Place to Call Home, the Australian Mm -hmm. melodrama Mm -hmm. that you and my mother really like. My mom loves it. Do you like it? I really like it. I feel like we talked about this like years ago, two to three years ago. And I was like, oh, my God, Juliet. And you were, of course, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. my mom beat you to it because your mother beats me to all the best content. <laughs> She's kind of just say also that the best thing that happened to me over the holiday break was that Juliet's mother sent me two books, the first two books in the Inspector Lindley series, because I was reading them out of order. Those are books by Elizabeth George. She Could not abide. Guy, actually, um, it was like the most lovely, delightful, thoughtful surprise that just showed up at my house. That's and so Juliet glad. did help facilitate it. So it's very sweet. But your mom is like the true... She's content the, yeah like queen for me my north star and mom, she was on it my mom is like every single thing keely Hawes has ever been in my mom has seen like <laughs> every single thing <laughs> um so yeah i started watching a place to call home it's it's like wonderful insomnia viewing i mean i'm i'm, I'm averaging like one and a quarter episodes per night or around 3 a.m and it's great it's just it's just like totally delightful so melodramatic Pretty dumb, low stakes, attractive mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. had me had me looking up um, some Australia geography, like trying to understand where different things are, the distance from Sydney, et cetera, et cetera. I really recommend it. Acorn and Britbox, they've got so much to offer. This is the looking up geography in countries where you're consuming content <laughs> is like is very familiar to me. And then every time. So I, you know. I have CarPlay in my car, which is just, I really enjoy yeah, it. That's great. But so every time I get in my car, it like just like pulls up directions to like Perth, Australia, you know, <laughs> or like somewhere like in Eastern Inverness, Europe. Yeah. Australia. And, and you're just like trying to understand where it is. And then my stupid car is trying to navigate me to these far flung places. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a good bit. I also just learned a lot about uh, Japan because I just read Pachinko finally. Mm-hmm. I'm like five mm-hmm. years behind everyone. I loved it, obviously, as everyone said, including you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, okay. So all these places in Korea and China, I've never heard. I mean, excuse me, right. Korea and Japan, I've never heard of. This is this is thrilling. I learned a lot. Yes, exactly. I do wish, though, that I mean, I don't I don't really love illustrations or things that I have to like flip back to or like even indexes and in novels, you know, yeah. don't like footnotes. I just want to kind of follow the experience. But sometimes I would love like a little map or supplementary guide, you know, some things yeah. to help me understand because it, it's like the most traveling I'm doing right now is reading these books. So totally. Yeah, totally. I think Pachinko would be a great um, like there's if they're doing a collector's edition of it, like there's yeah. some great book uh, end papers you can make that are like a family tree or almost like a beautiful uh, piece of art that like depicts like the family over time without giving anything away. I feel like there's right. a, there's a lot there. It was it was a really stirring and and really affecting book. I loved it. So a place to call home is that what a place it's to called? call home? Yeah, great. I I reinvested emotionally in Station Eleven. Have you okay. been watching it? No, we talked about this. I'm I'm way too fragile for this right now. Yeah, you shouldn't watch it. It's definitely not good to have on the press. Watch how the press was having a child. I will say Station Eleven, like if you really want some deep Station Eleven analysis, listen to the watch. But as a book reader of Station Eleven, which I really loved, similar to Pachinko, I read them both on vacation. I have so many highlights of like vacation reads. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make a lot of changes to the book, but I think it's like very smart. I think it's like it's basically impossible to faithfully adapt a book um, as sort of like visionary station 11. And so to use it as like 
the foundation of your show and give it credit where credit is due while changing things to make it work better for television, I think is really smart. And it's a, it's like a pretty like upsetting show. It's very hard to watch right now, but it is really beautiful and has like made some interesting choices. And I think it's like a really good case study in adapting books for television in this day and age. Um, it's cool. It's also like, um, the oldest daughter from it's complicated is in it. So that's cool. Oh, good for her. I I loved and was very affected by the book. Same. Eight or nine, whenever, years ago, maybe 10 years ago, whenever it came out. And so I'm very interested in this. And I also am continuously interested in the like challenge of adapting books for the screen. I think you're right that, well, I don't even know if you were arguing this, but TV does often seem to be a more fruitful medium, at least for the novels that I really love, because it gives you a lot more space. It's just hard to do a great a great novel in two hours. Conversely, I think there are a lot of like very mediocre novels that have been turned into some of the greatest films of our time. So, you like know, the Godfather, <laughs> yeah, like the Godfather, like every John Grisham book, right? Um, so I like, I would love to watch it, but I just it's I, I yeah, can't it's... go to the dark place right now. No, you definitely should not. Also, like. Uh, this is a mild spoiler alert, yeah. but the most recent episode is like all about mothers giving birth. So yeah, no, definitely. Nope. Haven't read watch. that. But I will say on the topic of kind of scary movies about uh, impending parenthood or specifically motherhood, I did watch The Lost Daughter. Do you Have you seen this? Do you know about that? I haven't. I, it's the Olivia Coleman movie on Netflix, right? Yes. So it's directed and written by Maggie Gyllenhaal, adapted from an Elena Ferrante novel starring Olivia Coleman, um, Dakota Johnson, and Jesse Buckley. And I was pretty nervous to watch it for, you know, reasons previously discussed, but I survived and I thought it was really great and I recommend it. And I also thought it was like really interesting. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because I haven't actually read the the <laughs> Ferrante, like the, the novel, The Lost Daughter or the novella, but I have read Ferrante and I think you and I have talked a lot about Ferrante and both it's her appeal and its limitations to us yeah. over the years. And I've never been, I like really admire Fronte, but I've never been like a, a diehard fan. And it was really fascinating watching someone adapt what was clearly a Fronte character, like clearly a situation, you know, that author has interests. And I thought do it really effectively and create like the mood and some of the really uncomfortable emotions that you get while reading them which can be particularly hard to do for such such subjective writing, you know, because yeah. all of her books are written from character perspectives. And and it did also like help me understand kind of what my limitations are to Fronte as a novelist. So, and also great performances in some of the best caftans I've ever seen. It's set on an island in Greece. I really recommend Sounds it. Sounds great. Yeah. And I, and, and I survived it. So. All right. I'll watch that. Okay. That sounds great. Um, last thing I want to touch on as you, you mentioned this a few weeks ago that you finally read the great circle or it's just called great circle. No, the, I'm I in know, the middle yeah. of it right now. Um, it's quite good <laughs> as all the reviews have said, I, mm-hmm. I quite enjoy it. I was wondering, did you ever read Daisy Jones and the six? No, but my best friends, Katie and Becky, who were here over the holidays are really obsessed with it and kept trying to get me to read it. It's good. The right, the, the narrator, uh, well, I guess it, that woman, her name is Taylor Jenkins Reed. Uh-huh. Um, she has another book called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Right. The voice of Evelyn Hugo in the purview of Daisy Jones and the Six is a lot 
like the Headley Hadley portion of Great Circle. Okay. Um, it's really interesting to me. They're very, they're like very much remind me of, of each other. But I just thought Great Circle is such a rich text. It's been optioned by Lionsgate. It's gonna be made into something, TV show or movie. I think it's a TV show. I think so. Um, and I was just curious if you had any ideas of like who you'd want to play Marion Graves and Headley. Well, it's so funny because that also in a lot of ways is a novel about adaptation. Yeah. And 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 movies and making characters and more from real life than from like a novel, say, but it's a real nesting egg. I I loved I loved the book. I Marion, I haven't thought of just yet. Can I but, give you Marion? Yeah. Well, the Hadley character reminds me of what happened to Kristen Stewart, and I'm sure that's intentional. Yeah, um, I mean that Kristen Stewart was going to be in my number one, Dakota Johnson. If you can't get her, but well, Kristen. Yeah, Stewart. I, I was going to say I think as a result, Kristen Stewart would be a great Marion because it's sort of like ref- oh, refract- refracting her real life story where yeah. she was caught allegedly caught. I don't even know what that means cheating. I don't know what that means either on uh, Matthew on uh, Robert Pattinson with Matthew Vaughn. And then sort of like just really changed her image from out of the Twilight Saga into sort of like this really respected actress that she is now. And I just think that like because of that backstory, that would make her such an interesting Marion um, because of the way there's a kind of like this like double play with that right. type of character. That's book. smart. That's clever. Thank but you. Then, so Marion is the the old timey. Is the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the pilot. <laughs> the old timey lady. Wow, guys. <laughs> I'm really good at books. And then... Then Hadley. So I think Dakota Johnson is a great call. Yeah. There, they, there's a TV adaptation being filmed right now of Daisy Jones and the Six, and Riley Keough is playing the lead. Oh, that's And a good I also one as think well. that she would be really good for um, the Hadley character. Yeah, that's a good one. I also thought of this is a little more typecasting and mm-hmm. is not as inventive as yours. So yours is better. But I would just like to see Carrie Mulligan keep doing interesting things. So oh, I think yeah. that she could be a good Marion. She would be a great Marion. I like yeah. that. I just, I, I'm I'm very pro Carrie Mulligan. Totally. So. I like that a lot. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to think about that. I always forget okay. about Carrie Mulligan. I know, but we as a society should remember her. That's kind of, that's my argument. What do you consider like the de facto Carrie Mulligan best performance? <sighs> well, an education is really wonderful. And yeah, then that. she was in a movie a few years ago called Wildlife, um, hmm. directed by Paul Dano. Oh. Uh, 2018. And from a screenplay by Paul Dano and his partner, Zoe Kazan. And it, the movie is with Carrie Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal. And she's extraordinary. It's like, it's absolutely dynamite. It was not particularly widely seen but very like widely loved i think there's like already a criterion version Mm -hmm. of this movie so i really recommend it if you haven't seen it um but that and that's maybe informing a little bit of the marion for me because it's set in montana or similar Mm. please forgive me if it's not montana you know it's it's one of the great (laughs) the great western you know the men they love the american west and she is playing a woman of, I want to say the fifties, but a woman set in a time where she's not quite comfortable in the expectations and the situation that uh, is expected of her as a, as a 50 something American woman. And she's just wonderful in it. So I recommend that. That sounds great. I like that. Yeah. Um, I also feel like Anne Hathaway could be a good Hadley. 
Yes. Yes. Lo- love Anne. A-H. Anne Hathaway Hive. I'm a half ahead over here. <laughs> um. Well, I think that's it for today. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Erica Cervantes for producing this episode. Amanda, we wish you congratulations on an exciting 2022 ahead. Thank you so much. uh, We'll be back next week. Check out Food News. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.